Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. How are we doing today? I'm I'm two cups of coffee and an energy drink in. I'm hyped up and ready to go. Woo! Nice. Tony, your question today, random question, get us started, is what is the furthest you've ever run? Oh, that's an easy one for me. I've done the Disney Marathon twice. So 26.2 miles. Plus, it felt like there was a mile to get there to the starting line, which I don't know if that counts or not. But they say running a marathon at the happiest place on earth is helpful. Um, I disagree. It was still awful. <laughs> awful. I was at mile 26. But you did it again. But I did it again. Well, because I thought I could do it better. That's the, that's the pro- that's me in a nutshell, right? Like I did it once and I was awful at okay. it. I thought, I thought I could do this better. The first time I did it, mile 26 the Disney race people had a full gospel choir there and they were singing. Um, wow. They were singing joy to the world at mile 26. So you only had the point two left and I'm running. I'm, okay. What I was doing was barely running at that point. And uh, they're singing and I, <laughs> I literally just start weeping. Like I'm full crying underneath my sunglasses, sweat, cry, snot, like all of it. It was the grossest, most uh, like it was, it was a pretty spiritual experience. Okay. What, what about you farthest you've ever run? Well, first of all, I'm impressed by that because I didn't know you'd ever run a marathon. That's really cool. Well, with, Two of them. with my body type, uh, for me, fine. probably, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was about six miles for me, uh, okay. which was plenty. I'm not a big runner, but yeah. So, you know, which is funny cause you kind of have the body about of 20 runner. less than you. You, but you've yeah, got long, lengthy thing, legs. Right? You would I think that do, you could but... run fast. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. That was I, a, that maybe was a I question. could, but I just don't like it. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, hey, today um, we get to finish up our three postures of an effective disciple maker that we've been working on. If you've been following along with us, first of all, thank you. And uh, we're we're so excited for these three postures of an effective disciple maker. Justin, I was wondering, can you uh, read the scripture for us from 2 Timothy and then recap the two spaces where we started? Yeah, so uh, today's scripture is 2 Timothy 2.6. It says, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Um couple sessions ago, we talked about a soldier and why uh, a soldier is similar to being a disciple and disciple maker, right? Then our takeaway that time was that the mission requires our full attention. And so we should not be distracted by other things. And then last time we talked about being an athlete. Again, this is all in that same passage, 2 Timothy 2, um, 2 through 4 was that one that day. And our takeaway that day was Athletes put into practice, put in the practice rather, to become something, right? It's not just practice for practice sakes. They're trying to become something rather than just know something, right? And so, uh, yeah, today we're talking about the farmer. Again, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive 
a share of the crops. Tony, what comes to mind uh, as you hear that scripture? Well, I'll tell you the the first thing that comes to mind is that out of all three of these, these are the this is the the part of the scripture that I least relate to. Obviously, I've been a soldier. I aspire to be an athlete, and uh, when we talk about being a farmer, um, well, honestly, I, I have a confession to make. Okay, is it can, is this a safe space here, Justin? Oh. Sure. Yeah, it's just me and you. <laughs> um. So I grew up in downtown Dayton, like North Dayton in, in the urban setting. And so it, I probably was, man, I was probably six, eight years old um, when for the very first time I went to go visit my aunt and uncle in Sandusky, Ohio. And that's how old I was when I saw my first cow. No. Yeah, no, in in real life. For real? That's how, yeah, that's how old I was when I saw my first cow. I, um... <laughs> And wow. honestly, I had read okay. about them. Obviously, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not, I wasn't illiterate. Like I had read about cows, but I had just never <laughs> seen knew one. There were cows. I knew there were, I'd seen <laughs> pictures of them. We didn't have the internet back then uh, right. in the early eighties, but like I, I had seen them, I think maybe in our encyclopedia or a book, but like I had never like yeah. actually seen one in real life. And that's probably, oh, that's... that. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the, like, when I think about farmers, that's that's what I think about. Like, ah, well, I just kind of I was late to the game in it, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's so different from me. So my grandpa um, had quite a bit of land and had a I don't know if we'd call it a farm. It's close to that. He raised some crops um, and he raised cattle actually. So I don't ever not remember seeing cows around. Um, so yeah, very interesting. So farmers, Tony. Um, neither one of us are farmers. Um, but we know what they do, right? Yeah. What comes to mind for you about farming and how it might relate to disciple making or being a disciple? What, what I love about the imagery that Paul uses here to, with Timothy is that um, the farmer must do the work to, to cultivate and sow seeds, right? Like he, he must put in the time and effort. And uh, I, I can remember later in life, as a matter of fact, maybe even that same trip when I went to go see the cows for the first time, uh, was hearing the expression that we sometimes use around here in Ohio, which is that when it comes to corn, it needs to be, and you, you probably know this knee high by the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and <clears> we oh, use that right. saying, yep. yeah, we use that saying every year to do two things, right. To measure where the, uh, where the crop is supposed to be and to measure it in time, right? So it's, it's growth and time. And it's kind of, uh, which for me is a beautiful parallel to what it means to be a disciple, right? Growth and time. What, what comes to your mind as we mm. think about this idea? Yeah. I mean, I really like that image and I remember hearing that over and over again, as we drive past cornfields, my dad would always talk about that, right? Knee high by the 4th of July. And the other thing that it brings to mind for me is that it sets a norm, right? And it's a norm that farmers don't control, right? They, they can't mm. get it to grow um, a certain height by a certain date. Uh, what it does do is it, it allows them to track normal progress for where they are. Um, but it also, you know, I remember there were seasons when there was tons of rain in the in the early spring, and so 
farmers couldn't get the corn in until a little later. And I would, we'd be going by, you know, again, cornfields and, you know, it was not yet up to knee high and it was 4th of July. And I would think, oh man, you know, the crops are behind right now. And so, you know, as I think about that, there is that parallel to being a disciple, right? Is that the expectation is that we should be growing, right? That's normal. And it's normal too, that, that we should be growing at, you know, somewhat of a, um, a standard or a steady rate. There shouldn't be a lot of stopping or there shouldn't be a lot of backwards, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Re something. Regression. Regression. Thank you. Yeah, there shouldn't be a lot of regression in a disciple's life. And so, but thinking about it from a farmer's perspective, that knee high by a 4th of July, like you said, it it provides a measure uh, against time. Hmm. Uh, you know, the other thing that's really good is that when you look at the ministry that Jesus did, he uses the imagery of the farmer quite a bit, right? It's, it's a fairly common, I mean, obviously Jesus taught in parables, par- parables uh, because it was relatable. And so I, I'm thinking of, of mm-hmm. Mark 4, 26. It says that he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle so it so that it, because the harvest has come. And and what I mm-hmm. love about this parable as it relates to what we're talking about is, is it, it, it really does point out the partnership between um, man and God in the dis- disciple making yeah. I- idea, right? Is that as a disciple maker, I, I, I pour out seeds, you know, and that's what I do. I work with people right. and I, I pour into them and I scatter the seed night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up there, it's relational. It's relational with me and with the person, but then it's also relational with me and with God, because I'm not going to be, uh, you know, it requires God's work in the disciples life in order to grow mm-hmm. good fruit. Right. Like I, I love the imagery mm-hmm. that Jesus uses there when he talks about it as the kingdom of God. And I think it really does a lot to reinforce what Paul is talking about here in Timothy. I think it's a, a good reminder that what we're doing here is very relational. Yeah. Oh, I really like that, Tony, because even though um, that even the verse says the hardworking farmer, right? So the farmer's just not sitting around waiting on God to do it all, right? He's active and intentional about what he's doing. But at the same time, there's this recognition of dependence that he's not doing something for God. He's not doing something, you know, that, he can do by himself. There's this element of relationship that, you know, if God's not in it, if God's not doing the part of growing that, that crop, it's not going to work no matter what the farmer does. And I think yeah. that's true. No matter your th- if you're thinking about your life as a disciple and your own growth, because we all see areas in our life where we wish we were more mature. We wish we were more like Jesus. Um, we can do disciplines, we can practice certain things, but those things in themselves won't provide any growth, mm-hmm. right? It's God who's even going to provide the growth in our life as disciples. But then as disciple makers, what you're saying is um, that even in the midst of our faithfulness of 
tilling the soil, sowing the seed, tending the new new growth, the new plant. You know, it doesn't get to maturity. It doesn't get to that place where it's ready to reproduce uh, without God doing um, most of the work, really. I mean, the, the <laughs> hardest part of the work, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm often reminded of um, when when you're working with a new disciple maker or when you're discipling someone or when you start, when you get to that point where someone's ready to start scattering seed for the first time and really start to reproduce themselves. Um, one of the, one of the questions that I always hear, and I'm sure you do too, is um, who should I disciple? And, and yeah. y- you and I will both give the same answer. Well, y- you should start to pray about it. You should start to pray about yep. it, pray about pray and ask you know, I learned this from you, right? Pray and ask God, who will you send to me to disciple? And and I love mm-hmm. that imagery of like, hey, this is the this is the work that we're doing in the soil. We're going to start with God. We're going to start with God and me. Yeah. And Lord, make my heart anew for you. Start to start to open my eyes so that I can see the world with your eyes, these farmer eyes, right? And then start to pray that God would send somebody to you to disciple so that you can begin to scatter the seed. And and sometimes, this has been my own experience here, when I try to do it on my own, apart from God, right? When I'm not faithful in scattering seed, what ends mm-hmm. up happening is I rush into a relationship for a person that's not ready to be discipled, and I end up wanting to beat my head against the yeah. wall. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like it's it's the <laughs> right. worst. When you when you move without God, it's the absolute <laughs> worst. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that reminds me or it it just helps me to to see that being a disciple is a walk of faith. Hmm. Right? Your relationship with God is a walk of faith that, you know, in that way you are trying to become something. We talked about that a lot last time with athlete, but as you're looking at discipling somebody, it is a journey of faith too that, all right, God, let's do this together because I know I can't do it on my own. But as you're trusting him to work with you, right, it really makes a relational dynamic. It, It adds something to a relationship with God that I think most Christians don't have. And that is that me and God are working on something together. And I'm doing part of it and he's doing part of it. And he doesn't need me to do any of it, but he allows me and invites me in to do some of this really important work. And that is so exciting to me as a disciple maker, because then kind of like the farmer, right? It says the hardworking farmer should receive, be the first to receive a share of the crops. And so it's like, all right, you you and God have done this work. And now you get to enjoy some of the fruits of the, of the labor that you had, but also that God had. And you know, there's a lot of banquet imagery in the Gospels too, of sitting down with God and enjoying the produce um, that that comes from farmers. And I almost look at discipling like that sometimes, right? It's like, all right, if the crops aren't doing well, if you're a farmer and there's been lots of rain, there's lots of whatever, you know that that farmer is on his knees praying to God. God, would you stop the rain? Or God, would you send the rain because it's been drought or whatever? God, help me get this crop where it needs to be so that we can enjoy the harvest together. And a disciple maker should be doing that same thing as he thinks about or she thinks about the person they're discipling and they see certain things that that disciple maybe doesn't see yet. And so they're thinking, 
God, please, would you help me to express this in a way that gets through? Would you open their hearts? Would you give me patience? You know, all those sorts of things that a farmer might be wrestling with, with a crop that's maybe not knee high by the 4th of July, that they are doing those same things with their disciple. Well, I I think the other part to that too, it's a good reminder for me. And and you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before we hit record is that, um, you know, the mark of, of, of tested faithfulness, right? Prolonged faithfulness, the mark of faithfulness Mm. is the fruit. So it's, 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 and I love the way that kind of Paul has partnered this together. The hard work of the farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops, meaning that kind of the mark of faithfulness is the fruit. And, you know, when I was going through um, our interviews to become a pastor, you know, every year I have to go in front of this board. And one of the things that they always ask you is, what is your fruit? Because, you know, we, mm. we know, we know that the scripture reminds us that, you know, we will be, um, you know, a good tree produces good fruit. And that's a mark of the ministry. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a test of, you know, am I being faithful to what God has called us to? Because prolonged faithfulness will always lead to good fruit and AKA receive a share of the crops. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I'm reminding John 15, when we talk about, it talks about fruit a lot in there, right? Is it goes from fruit, more fruit to much fruit. And so our prolonged faithfulness uh, brings more and more fruit, right? It kind of builds on itself, and that's what disciple making does too, right? Because we begin to multiply disciple makers, and so there's more farmers working the field, more farmers with their own fields, et cetera, et cetera, and we just end up with a lot more uh, of the crops to enjoy with God, right? And and that's super exciting to me, Tony. I don't know about you, but I know there's a lot of Christians out there who. Uh, their their journey, their faith journey is a lot about what they know or what they believe. And what God invites us into as disciples and disciple makers is really a journey of faith with Him. That we can work on something with Him and make a real difference in the kingdom and in the lives of others. And that just gives our lives so much more fullness and purpose and fruitfulness and honestly, it it keeps me going because I love to do it. And I love to just think about how God is using me to build this eternal kingdom that he is building. Amen. Amen. And and that's really uh, is a great transition for our takeaway for today's episode. And, and our takeaway is this, guys. Uh, disciples work with God and enjoy fruit with him. Disciples work with God and enjoy fruit with him. Our action step. Be faithful, right? Be faithful. Stop worrying and trust God to provide the growth about your growth or about the growth of someone you're discipling, right? Just be faithful uh, so that you can enjoy the fruit. And uh, we're, we're so thankful that you joined us here. We're so thankful uh, to be on this journey with you. We really hope and pray that you've enjoyed the three postures of, of disciple making from Second Timothy 2. Uh, if you do like it, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes. Also, if you can, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It goes a long way to help get the word out about what God is doing in this platform. And as always, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share this episode with a friend. Uh, We're thankful for you and thankful to be on this journey with you. uh, And we'll talk to you guys real soon.